Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I am Susie Shaw. For those of you who don't know, this podcast is the outcome of our live chats that happen sometimes in our Facebook groups. And while these topics are directed towards those who have regained weight after weight loss surgery, these are actually for anybody who's had weight loss surgery or is thinking about weight loss surgery. All of these lessons that we're going to be talking about throughout the whole course of our podcast series can absolutely help you get to goal and to stay there. And that's actually the real, weight, the real goal after weight loss surgery. It's to lose the weight and keep it off. So I want to start today with a little bit of a spoiler about um, episode three. It's going to cover some goal setting techniques that might help you succeed a little bit smoother after you've had your weight loss surgery, after you've had a long plateau, or after you've regained weight. And um, this episode and last episodes actually are going to lay a little bit of that groundwork for that to happen and make a little bit more sense. So I hope that you'll you'll come back and listen to episode three and keep following along with us because it's actually going to be really kind of a cool thing, I think. Today I've got three points to go over, and um, I, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit of a tough love lesson. I know that a lot of people don't like to hear some of these things, and it might sting a little bit, but my intention here is not to hurt or add drama or to shame anybody. It's just to bring some awareness, some personal awareness to things that I think you probably already believe to be true anyways. Remember too that I'm a post-op. I walk this journey, I walk it every single day, and everything that we talk about here are things that I've experienced with my friends that are post-ops, with people that I've helped support throughout my um, my tenure at Bariatric Eating, and these are all things that I've learned often the hard way from people who taught me after they learned it the hard way too, and my goal is just to kind of help people not have to do it the hard way so that you can maybe do it right and do it right the first time. But I'm going to jump right in here with fact number one, and that is that the road to bariatric success and long-term weight management is actually paved with change. Now, to change, you have to make some choices, and we talked a lot about that in episode one. But as you know, these choices aren't easy because they are all lifestyle changes, and that's a lot, and, and specific choices to help propel us to a different kind of living. But um Actually, all of these choices, all of these changes start with one important thing a lot of people miss at the very beginning just because they're so excited. But we have to take some personal responsibility for our actions by taking time to recognize the following. We have to acknowledge that we caused our own obesity. The time to blame it on genetics, on medication, or a back injury that happened about 10 years ago, that's over. You have to be real with yourself and think of some of the meals that you used to eat on a regular basis. Like when you were in a restaurant and you were presented with the butter or sour cream question, did you pick one or did you pick both? After work, did you pick up a snack from the vending machine before you got in the car to, to drive home? What about at the grocery store? All those candy bars and chips right there at the checkout are so tempting and so convenient. How many times did you ever look at a menu and really, really think about which option would be the most filling or which would have the most food on the plate? How many times did you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and made sure that you got your money's worth instead of stopping when you were satisfied but not stuffed, even if your satisfaction only yielded you one small plate of food? All of these habits are things that most of us picked up on the way to our highest weights. And again, I'm not saying this to shame anybody. I'm not trying to shame anybody about our history because I actually share this history too. It's, it's my reality. And we just need to recognize that while our history includes some things that we may not be proud of, that we may be ashamed of, it could also point to why you can't seem to let that bedtime snack go. 
or why you have to choose chase a salty snack with a sweet one immediately right after instead of just having one snack. We have to be honest with ourselves about what we did to cause our obesity, our regain, our long-term, our long-term weight loss stall, as much as it stings, because knowing stuff like this can actually help us make better choices in the long run. And once we do that, we need to recognize what we got off track with in the first place. And this is more of a recent thing. Um, you know, you might be a pre-op who's just done with the fad diets and the, the yo-yos and all that fun stuff. You might be someone who's seven months out from surgery and confused about why the scale has slowed down so much. Or you may have regained weight and realized it's time to sit down and take things under control. But you have to stop and think about what you're doing now and why it isn't getting you the results that you want. And again, this isn't to shame yourself or beat yourself up or to point to, you know, food judgment and food policing. It's just to recognize that your choices lead you to where you are, whether you get where you want to go or where you get where you don't want to go. It's just a choice. But you can't make the right choices if you don't understand what the wrong one was in the first place. And um, part of my reality about my history and, and my regain, and not so much my road to obesity, but during my own actual regain, I regained 100 pounds that I had lost and an extra 50 on top of that. So 150 pounds regained total. Now, I had um, an eroded lap band, and it had done a lot of injury to my actual stomach, and I just could barely keep solid food down. But at the same time, on a daily basis, I was eating an entire carton of Ben & Jerry's ice cream and using a whole bottle of Magic Shell chocolate sauce on top of it at night. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys and with myself again that people who can't keep food down usually don't gain weight, and certainly they don't gain 150 pounds. I mean, that's a person. I gained because I threw all of my good choices, all of those habits that I learned in my first seven months as a post-op, right out the window. And I'm not proud of that. I'm really not. It, it actually kind of hurts to say it. It hurts it to think it. But the fact is that it's my reality. It's what happened. It's what I did to myself. It's how I regained my weight. And I would be, just be lost forever if I thought for a second that anybody who is healthy eats like I used to. Being able to admit that, admit that to myself shortly after my stomach was actually repaired was eye-opening. It was kind of an aha moment for me. And it's actually how I was able to start on my own journey to making more permanent changes to my lifestyle. And it's not easy to do this, and it's not simple. Honestly, it's kind of depressing. But once you kind of pull that Band-Aid off and, and say these words to yourself or even out loud, it's so freeing. It really, really is. For me, it was like a weight was lifted, and I was able to start moving beyond it. So that's, that's part of why I'm sharing that as a specific example, but why I'm saying that even though it's hurtful, again, I'm not trying to shame anybody or judge anybody or make them feel ashamed for thinking about the stuff, but I think it's important. I think it's an important part of the journey that a lot of people miss. Fact number two, and this one is also a little bit surprising for a lot of people, but I'm just going to kind of say it very, very bluntly. No one is coming to save you. And this is, again, it's very harsh and very dramatic to say that, but you made the choice to walk this path. You may have all the support in the world, all the friends, all the family right there cheering you on, and that is absolutely wonderful. But at the end of the day, no one is going to stop by your house every morning and put on your tennis shoes and take you on a walk. No one's going to follow you through the grocery store and make sure you only get the healthy stuff. And even more importantly, no one's going to be slapping the foods you know you shouldn't eat out of your hands. So what does that mean? It means that if you want to get through this and not feel like you wasted your time by having surgery, you will need to do more than wait for your walking buddy to get ready and call you. 
You're, you can have an accountability partner. You can have a walking buddy. But understand that the choice to stay out of the pantry at 8.30 at night when you really aren't that hungry but kind of bored and those nighttime cravings are knocking real hard, you're just going to have to start with you. There's no text message, no phone call, no support group meeting in the world that's going to make you do the things that you don't want to do. You just have to make the choice to do it and stick with it. Yes, having someone to cheer you on and be accountable is truly awesome and so gratifying. But at the end of the day, no one is going to hold you more accountable to yourself than you can. And that's the truth. If you want support, it starts with you. Fact number three, you have to stop overthinking things. This is something we actually see on a daily basis over and over again in our Facebook support groups. And we even have a couple articles on our website about this, but the concept is fairly simple. For any success with bariatric surgery, you have to stick with the changes you make for a long time, long enough for them to become habits. So you have to stop making things harder on yourself than they need to be. And I've got a couple examples, and these are things that we see every day in our Facebook groups. So these are things that everyday people do. And I'm not, again, trying to shame or embarrass anybody. I've tried some of these things too. But one of the things that we see a lot of um, people trying to do is that they're spending hours on the weekend with meal prep. And if you haven't meal prepped before, it may not work out for you now. Personally, I don't like eating leftovers day after day. So to me, meal prepping doesn't make sense because that's all it is, leftovers. And again, I've tried it and I didn't like it because I don't like leftovers. Meal prepping isn't mandatory for success. If you like to do it, do it. But if not, don't force things like that because it's one of those things that's just going to make things harder on you than it needs to be. Another example that we have that we see daily is that people make two meals, one for them and one for the family. Honestly, if you want your family to support you, show them that you're not eating weird food you wouldn't bother to serve to them. We've got a website full of amazing recipes that your family will love because they are made with real food and taste good. When you make them, stop telling people that you're making bariatric food or it's a healthy recipe or it's low carb or diet food. Say things like dinner is ready and then sit down and start passing out napkins. My point with this is that one of the quickest ways to fall off track is by making two meals and convincing yourself that you won't eat the other one eventually or stop making two meals and pick one because guess what's one it's going to be? Not the healthy one your nutritionist would be happy to see. You have to show your family that this isn't temporary for you. If you want them to support you, show them that this is for real and that you aren't being weird. You are being smart and you are trying to take care of them and their health as well. Everybody needs to eat healthy foods. Everybody. So having covered the tough love, I want to close with a little bit of an exercise that's going to help kind of firm up some of these little things that we've talked about in both of our episodes, both this this episode and the one before it. Right now, I want you to think back to your life before surgery. Kind of recall one thing that was difficult, just one. I'm thinking about things like getting in your car and having to pull the seat all the way back because your belly was rubbing on the steering wheel. I used to hate that. Or maybe it was stopping to catch your breath while putting on your shoes. Little things like that, like just little everyday tasks that were just kind of hard. Now, with that in mind, what's one thing about your life that you want to change when you're at your goal weight? And for me, I know it's kind of silly, but I really wanted to stop buying those crazy large bath sheets at the store. I wanted to get normal-sized towels that would wrap all the way around me. 
And things like that kind of seem silly on a level, but it's important for us to recognize where we started with those little dif- difficult everyday tasks and where we're heading to and what we want to, to achieve with weight loss surgery and weight loss. Because the payoff that we get for all of this hard work, all of this change, all of these choices that you're making isn't going to be measured only on the scale. The scale is an excellent tool, and we'll talk about that in later episodes. The scale is an amazing tool for progress, to, to, for accountability, but it's not your only measurement of success. There are other little things that will matter. And, and for a lot of people, that moment when they can wrap the towel around them, it's powerful, and it's amazing. So think about those two things. I also want to add that you've started this process to have surgery, to lose your regain, to lose weight again, because you wanted to change. And that's amazing. I want to remind you that you are worth the effort it will take to be successful and that I know you can do it. I know that you can do this and everything that you set your mind out to do. And I hope you know how amazing you are too. I want to thank you guys for listening so much. And also, I want to mention, too, that the articles that I mentioned earlier in this episode, the recipes that I talked about, those are all on our website. We even have a plan if you're stuck and just don't know what to do. We've got a plan that will help you. Um, It'll help you redirect your, your habits, your lifestyle, and kind of help you get back on track with everything. But we can always be found on our website at www.bariatriceating.com. So please come check us out. I hope to see you guys real soon. Thank you.